Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. Tough one on Monday night. So now we have another opportunity to bounce back. It's week six, a pair of one in four teams, the Colts sitting at one in four and the Houston Texans coming to Indianapolis at one in four. They won week one against the Jaguars. Haven't won a game since the Colts won two weeks ago against the Dolphins dropped the heartbreaker on Monday night in Baltimore against the Baltimore Ravens. And the Texans are also coming off a blown double-digit lead in the second half. I don't know exactly what it was entering the fourth quarter. I don't think it was 16 points in the fourth quarter, but it might have been because they were up, I think, 16 at one point to the Patriots and blew that game in the second half. So you have two teams in the AFC South, both sitting at 1-4, and four, meeting up in Week 6, coming off blown leads in Week 5. So both teams have something to prove this week, are going to try to bounce back. I think we all kind of counted the Texans out coming into the year. The Colts had somewhat of an expectation. The Texans had no expectation. But as far as both teams go, the locker rooms, they always expect to compete. So this is really the final game in terms of do you have a chance this season for both teams? The Texans also included in that because at 1-5, you're done. You're done, done. Like it's over. I don't care how bad the AFC South is this year. I don't care what the Titans do. If you're one and five, you don't have a chance. But if you're two and four, you could slowly creep back into it. They still have the Titans twice, I want to say. We still have the Titans once. So if you're going to get back into it, you have to win this game, especially the Colts, who actually believe they have the roster and they believe they're going to get guys back off injury to make a run, to make a push, to make the playoffs. So it starts here. You cannot lose this game if you want an opportunity to even fight for a spot and a chance to make the playoffs later this season. So, underwhelming matchup, two one and four teams. But as far as implications, if you want a heartbeat going into week seven and the remainder of the season, you cannot lose this game. And the Colts have it on a silver platter with the one and four Houston Texans with Mills, the rookie fourth round pick at quarterback, coming to Indianapolis in week six. No question. This is a huge game. And the Colts, in my opinion, are going to come out and play really well. I think the locker room is going to is going to come together. And I think you're going to see some guys back this week. I just think they're going to come out and play a good game and get a win. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need. The fan base needs. It's what the team needs. It's what everybody needs as far as Colt fans go. And uh, this is really a team kind of tailor made for the Colts to win. I mean, they've got a young quarterback inexperienced, not a lot of talent on offense. They're beat up. Their, their offensive line is kind of a wreck. So this is kind of a get-well type of team for the Colts. But again, we've said this on the show a million times, and we've seen it happen with the Jacksonville loss in 18 and 20. And, and God, we've lost them so many times. And then the Miami loss in 19. So you don't just roll your helmet out and win games. So the Colts are going to have to come out and play well. But this is the type of team the Colts should come out and really dominate. And I think we're going to see that on Sunday. We will, and it's a new-look Texans, not in a good way, but in terms of big names not being there. J.J. Watt this offseason, released, signed with the Cardinals. You want to go back two years ago, two off-seasons ago in March, traded DeAndre Hopkins also to the Cardinals. They're sitting at 5-0, and and you have this Houston Texans team at 1-4. and Deshaun Watson and all his issues right now going on off the field, plus just being unhappy with the organization to begin with, which was before these allegations. So there's a lot going on there with Deshaun Watson. 
eventually you would assume he will be traded, but there's stuff that has to be cleared up off the field before a team says, okay, we'll invest three first-round picks and take on that contract for Deshaun Watson. As great of a player as he is, you have to have the air cleared before you make a blockbuster move like that. So there's a lot hanging over his head and this organization's head. And then you look at the Hopkins trade and the Tunsil trade. You give two first round picks to Miami for Tunsil. Last year, you're one of the worst teams in the league and you don't even get a first round pick when you would have been drafting in the top five to go out and begin your post Bill O'Brien era rebuild because of how badly he screwed things up while he was the general manager and head coach of the Houston Texans. So it's a new look Texans team. We won't see Deshaun Watson. He's still under contract, but he is either being held out or holding out right now or a combination of the two. Obviously, he will not be the quarterback this weekend, and I don't think we ever see him put on a Houston Texans uniform again. No J.J. Watt. So not a lot of household names now left on this Houston Texans team. And we're going to start off on the offensive side of the football. They have not been a good unit. 29th in points per game, averaging 17.8 points per game. The last time we saw a bad offense was the Miami Dolphins, and we did a relatively good job in that game. And we did a pretty good job, I would say, up until the fourth quarter. And then we kind of let them get a couple cheap backdoor touchdowns. We were never really in jeopardy of losing the game, but then the exact same thing happened against the Ravens, and they were able to come all the way back in a game where it didn't seem possible they were able to come all the way back and win the game because they are a much better team. So now you have a Texans team that's kind of like the Dolphins team, at least offensively, and you don't want them to even get back into the game at the end of it. You want to put them away. You want to suffocate them. And you want to play a complete game. Defensively, can we play a complete game for 60 minutes? We'll find out this week in not a difficult test, but a test that you should absolutely be able to do for 60 minutes to be able to really shut down this offense and keep them out of the end zone and not let them back into the game at the end against Houston. Without a doubt. And and listen, this is this is kind of an offense bereft of talent. There's not a lot of talent on this offense. I mean, the Dolphins had I mean, you know, as much as we know Jacoby, they had weapons on offense. I mean, they had, you know, Parker, they that Waddle, they they, you know, Kaseki. They have they have actual like real guys on offense. This team is more bereft of talent. I mean, if you I, I mean, when I went through and kind of studied the the players, I mean, Mark Ingram's a solid vet. He's got 212 yards and a touchdown, but, you know, not very, very many yards per carry. They don't run the ball particularly well. The only real guy that's that's a real electric kind of threat player for them is Brandon Cooks, and he's having a good year. 31 receptions, 392 yards, a touchdown. Uh, that's the guy. The Colts are going to – I mean, if, if we're – Injury, if we have a lot of injuries or we're beat up in the secondary, which we probably will be, um, probably going to miss, you know, be missing somebody I bet back there. Uh, they're probably going to have to roll their coverage to this guy because you can't let one guy wreck the game. So uh, outside of him, I mean, they got Amendola, Andre Roberts, you know, Re- uh, Pharaoh Brown. So they've got they've got vets, but they're kind of on long in the tooth. I mean, Amendola, I don't know how old he is, and Andre Roberts and, and those guys are all kind of getting older. So. I think this is kind of an offense tailor-made for our defense, if you want the truth. And so, like I mentioned, Ingram, they got David Johnson, who's who's been uh, productive in the past, and he's he's been really good for them out of the the uh, you know out of the backfield catching the ball. Chris Conley's a, a, a long distance threat, but hasn't really done much for them. Uh, and then Philip Lindsay, who I liked a lot in Denver, hasn't really done much for them either. So, 
there's not a lot of talent. There's not a lot of guys you look at and say, okay, we got we got to know where this guy is. Brandon Cooks is really the guy. So as far as the Colts defense, it's just about them. The Colts defense has to be focused on themselves. They've got to not try to do anything out of the ordinary. Do their job. Focus on the you know the fundamentals, tackling all that stuff, and, and just do their job. You don't have like I feel like late in that game they kind of got away from that and they you know guys are trying to do a bunch of different things and and the momentum and all that stuff kind of took over and and also the injuries obviously but I think uh, you know there was just a lot of stuff going on that was bad in that game that they got a flush and I think in this game just focusing on themselves and doing what they need to do and I think they'll be fine I, uh, you know this offense is not very good you're dealing with a rookie quarterback like you mentioned they don't score a lot of points. So, you know, don't get any penalty, no dumb penalties, uh, you know, lo- no communication breakdowns, none of that stuff. Just just play your – do your job, play your gap, do your, you know, follow your keys, and, you know, the Colts D should be fine in this game. And and uh, I don't see a real – other than Cooks, I don't see a real issue. And as far as just their – you know, not to get too much more into Texans, but offense, but the, the their offensive line is, is beat up, and I think they're probably going to be starting three – New linemen, two tackles that are backups, and also a center that's a backup. I think Britt is out this game, so I mean, I'm not positive he might be a game time decision. But that this is this is a week our defensive line has got to show up. They've got to get pressure. They haven't gotten pressure all year. I think we're last in the league in pressures. We've got to pressure the quarterback this week. Um, that's huge, and that will that will make it our job easier in the back end. So. It's a game we got to have, Luke, and I think I think the defense is going to play well. This offense, like I said, I feel like it's tailor made for the Colts' defense. So we'll see what happens. They, they, you know, it's not you can't just roll. Like I said, you can't just roll your helmet out there. They're going to have to go play. But I do think, you know, I think the Colts are going to come out focused, ready to play, and I think they're going to have a good game. Absolutely, and it starts with the three keys to the game on defense for the Colts. Key number one: pressure Mills for sixty minutes. You brought up. The injuries to the Texans' offensive line, multiple tackles, the center. So they're going to be down guys going into this game. We are 32nd in pressure. We've seen a lot of good teams this year, but we're 32nd in pressure. So now when we go up against bad teams and teams with beat-up offensive lines, we have to start to get pressure on these quarterbacks and even that number out a little bit because we have been dead last in a lot of statistics regarding pressuring the quarterback, knocking the quarterback down, sacks, and all those type of statistics. And it all starts with pressure. We talk about it a lot on this show. we rather have consistent pressure than sacks. And we haven't had anything defensively this year as far as pressure on the quarterback. So key number one, pressure Mills for 60 minutes. No doubt, Luke. And I'll just keep it simple. The four guys up front got to win. When you're playing backup players, Buckner, Grover, whoever the defensive ends are, whether it's AQM or Taekwon or Quiddy if he plays or or Teray, whoever's out there, they got to win. There's no excuse not to this week. You're playing backups. You got to find a way to get it done. So, yeah, this is a huge key to this game. I think this could, you know, turn this game into a blowout if we're able to pressure him, give him some looks that he's not used to seeing. They will turn the ball over. You know, rookie quarterbacks do that. So, definitely pressure this kid for 60 minutes. And if we do that, I think we can roll in this game. So the defensive line's got to win. That's the bottom line. They have no excuse this week. They have got to win. Key number two, shut down the run game. Not that Houston has a good rushing attack, but basically if you shut down the run, you make Davis Mills have to beat you. Shut down the run. Make them one-dimensional. We did a great job against a really good rushing team last week. This week, we won't have to worry about the threat of the quarterback running the way we did last week with Lamar Jackson. So, key number two, shut down the run game. Make them one-dimensional. Make 
Mills beat you with his arm. Key number two, shut down the run. Yeah, and this kind of seems like a uh, maybe a weird key for a team, you know, for a team like the Texans. But I think the only way they have a chance in this game is if they're able to be balanced. And if they're able to run the ball, that takes all the pressure off the quarterback. And we want to put all the pressure on the quarterback in multiple ways, not just you know physically, but mentally. So, yeah, the Colts have done a really outstanding job. And this is, you know, obviously flying under the radar because of the way the game ended. But they did a great job. I mean, absolutely outstanding. Maybe the best job I've seen on the Ravens run game for three quarters. So you shut down the run in this game, make make them one-dimensional, make that quarterback beat you, and then be, be able to kind of pin your ears back. That's a recipe for a blowout. So obviously, you know, we, early in the game, we just got to we gotta show them they're not going to be able to move the ball running against us. And they're not a very good running team, and they're playing with three guys out probably on the offensive line. So definitely got to shut down a run, make them one dimensional and then make that one dimension fail because we're going to get after their quarterback. It all goes together, Luke. But I think for, for us just to be able to kind of coast in this, not, not coast, but I, I really feel like this is a game. We should blow this team out. So we got to shut down the run. Don't give them a path to victory. And that only way the they have a chance. I think to stay in this game is running the ball, take that away, put it on mills, 60 minutes pressure like we talked about in the first key. That's a recipe for a Colts win. And key number three, force turnovers, create takeaways, get the ball back to the offense, give them a short field. Key number three, force turnovers. Yeah, it's funny. We try to always put together really, you know, kind of things that when we do our keys, I, I try to put together things that kind of go together. You know what I mean? So it, it kind of goes with the first two, right? You shut down the run make them one-dimensional, pressure mills for 60 minutes. You do those two things, you're going to force turnovers. Or there's going to be – I shouldn't say that. There's going to be you know plays to be made. There's going to be available turnovers, meaning he's going to put balls out there for guys to intercept. The guy's got to make those plays. But as far as this game goes, there's going to be plays to be made. That guy is going to throw balls that can be intercepted if we pressure him and we take away the run. Because that's what rookies do. And this guy isn't like an elite rookie. He's a guy that's, you know, starting at the bottom and kind of working his way up. You mentioned he's a fourth round pick out of Stanford. And he's, a, he, you know, he's a solid player, but he's young. And you still, you know, you got to take advantage of that. So, uh, like I said, the the, force, the first two things that we mentioned definitely feed the third thing. And the force and turnovers, again, a quick way to turn this into a Colts romp, and that's what we all want. We want to see this team come out and dominate a team they should dominate. I don't know when the last time they did that was. So I want to see – I mean, they did it against the Dolphins, but they didn't do it for 60 minutes. I want to see it for 60 minutes. I want them to come out and dominate this team for 60 minutes, and that starts with pressuring Mills for 60 minutes, shutting down the run, and obviously with those two things happening, you get the forced turnovers. So I think if we do these three things, this should be a Colts blowout. No question. And now flipping over to the Texans' defense. They're 27th in the league, allowing 28.2 points per game. So 29th offense, 27th defense. They're allowing 28 points per game. They're scoring 17 points per game. That's an 11-point difference. The only reason they're 1-4 right now, even though they actually could have two wins and they could have beat the Patriots last week, is because they played the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are on a 20-game losing streak in Week 1. And yes, I know we were their last win. They're actually their last two wins, but that's beside the point. That's why they have a win right now, because they really mirror a team that should be 0-5 at the moment. And the point-per-game scoring versus allowing is a huge, massive difference at 11 points per game. They have forced eight turnovers, which isn't bad. They actually have a dead even. They've turned the ball over eight times. They've taken the ball away eight times. And last year, 
with Watt and a little bit more talent on that team and that defense, they really struggled. I don't think they had a takeaway until like week five or six of the season. They also have eight sacks, and they are led by defensive end Whitney Merciless. We all know him. He's been there for a while. Ten tackles, four tackles for loss, three sacks, three quarterback hits. I'm actually surprised they didn't move him this offseason. There was definitely a market for him. I don't know what his contract situation is like, but I couldn't imagine him being there much longer. Maybe he's a trade deadline guy, a candidate to be traded at the deadline because he's been there for a while. He's a very good player. We know him pretty well. And it's kind of like that meme where you have Will Smith in the mansion after his uncle sells the house and he's looking around it's completely empty. That's probably what it feels like for him on this defense and in this locker room because there's not a lot of familiar faces right now in Houston. No, there's not. And he, he's a really good player. Um, I do. Th- I actually hope for him, his sake, that, that he gets traded because he deserves better than what he's getting at right now with that organization. And they're nowhere near winning. But as far as just a player goes, that's the one guy on this defense. You got to know where he is and uh, you got to get him taken care of. He's a very good player, been a very good player, underrated for a while. Um, yeah, definitely Merciless is a guy you got to know. Kirksey's a, a guy they signed over from Cleveland. He's got 39 tackles, three tackles for loss, so he's a solid linebacker. Justin Reed's been there for a while, uh, 20 tackles, two picks, one forced fumble. Um, again, you know they've got some solid. You know they've got some solid vets on the team, but there's just not a lot of guys you look at and say, okay, we got to know where this guy is. Outside of Merciless, I mean, they've got two guys I like, young guys that I like as far as pass rushers in Amenahu and Grenard, but they really haven't done much this year, so. It's just a team that isn't very good, really, in any facet of the game. I mean, they're not good in, in on offense. They're really not good on defense. You know, they have forced some turnovers, so the Colts need to de- definitely take care of the ball. But they're not a great team in any way. Like, I don't. There's no phases where I'm like, okay, we gotta, we really gotta, you know, get this this one phase of the game buttoned up because we're playing a really, you know, it, it's it, they're just a bad team. It's what, you know, you look at them and they're a bad team. That's just what they are. I will say this. They do play hard. You know, it's kind of shocking because I wasn't expecting that from the Texans. I thought they were completely a discombobulated mess. Yeah, first-year coach where the locker room's still kind of buying in could play a factor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, and that's true. And, and and so I will give them that. They do play very hard. So, again, the Colts have to match that. They have to come out and be ready to play. Um, uh, you know, you just can't take any weeks off in this league. It just you can't do it or you'll lose. And we've seen that. Reich has seen that. It's happened to Reich multiple times. So they got to be prepared to play. But as far as this defense goes, man, they don't stop the run. You can throw on them. I mean, they've got Hargraves and, uh, you know, a couple other guys. I think Des King's out there now uh, from the Chargers. So he's pretty good in the nickel. So they've got some okay players, but no splash players. And Merciless is getting a little older, so he doesn't make the impact that he did. And he doesn't have anything around him. But he's having a solid year. I mean, three sacks, four tackles for loss, ten tackles. I mean, he's 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 been the guy for them that's actually kind of made plays. But outside of that, man, the, the Colts really – I mean, there's no excuse. they got to be able to go up and down the field on this team and score touchdowns. This is not a week for kicking field goals. You, you should be able to score on this defense. Again, like I said, they can't stop really anything. 4.4 yards for carry. Taylor should have a big game. Um, I think they've allowed over 110 yards rushing every game except the first game, and that's because Jacksonville threw it like 70 times. So, uh, you know, I think the Colts should be able to to do whatever they want to do offensively in this game. And, and the really the only way the Texans stay in, in this game, in my opinion, is if we force no turnovers on defense and if we turn the ball over a bunch on offense. 
Yep, and leading us right into our keys to the game for the Colts offense. Key number one, stay balanced. Balance between the run and the pass. Get your playmakers the ball. We've talked about Hines and Taylor. Reich's done a much better job. We've talked about Moali Cox. Let's get some more targets to Pittman. Pittman's having a great year, under the radar year. He's on pace for over 1,000 yards. He's on pace for almost 100 receptions, I think 99 receptions. So target him more. Get him the ball. He's a playmaker. He can go up and get it. We saw it last week on the bomb when Wentz took the big shot. So stay balanced between the run and the pass. Give them multiple looks because they're not good enough to stop us, so there's really no reason to let them stop you. Don't get one-dimensional and give them the look where they're able to stop it. Keep them on their toes by being balanced between the run and the pass. This is always one of my biggest keys, and I think it's super important for this team specifically. You know, when they've played well offensively, and they still haven't played great by any stretch, they haven't scored 30 points in a game yet, which to me is ridiculous, but when they've played their best offensively and looked their best, they're doing both. They're running the ball. They're they're passing the ball. It's balanced. And when they get out of whack with that, you see a game like Tennessee or you see a game like Seattle. You know, when we're balanced, we're in every game. And it's because people have to respect Taylor. You cannot, even if Taylor's not having a good game, you still have to respect him because you know he can go 80 at any time. You you just have to be patient with the run. And that opens everything up. You saw it against the Ravens. It opened everything up. They could, they did not, we beat them. And what did I say in the pregame in that game, Luke? I said, they're going to bring that zero blitz. And if we run a screen, we can take it to the house. The first play, or I think it was the first possession, they they blitzed everybody. We ran the screen or we ran a little, you know, a little pass to Taylor. He goes at 70 yards. So like that that'll bat in that back, that kind of backed them off. And I think it's the same thing every week. If you can show that you can run the ball and that, you know, you can beat a team when they blitz, and that's gonna back them off and allow you to do a lot of different things. And when you can run the ball, that just opens everything up. You can run play action. You can do a lot of different things, and it makes it a lot easier for your O-line. You saw our O-line really played much better football, probably the best they played all year. Last week in the second half, I thought they were outstanding, and that was because we could run and we could throw. We didn't really need to throw in the you know double reverse. I'll still never understand why he called that, but that's another – and we already talked about it. But as far as this game goes, yeah, man, I mean, you just got to stay balanced. It's, it makes everything easier. It makes the run easier. It makes the pass easier. It takes the pressure off Wentz. So, yeah, I mean, I just went on a long soliloquy about it, but it's very important for this offense specifically because we've played our best football when we've been balanced. So that's definitely key number one. Stay balanced. Be patient with the run. It will open up the passing game. And, Luke, we might get T.Y. back this week, and you know he loves Houston. Oh, yeah. No, T.Y. could play in a neck brace and put up – 150 yards, three touchdowns against Houston. It's not at his house. It's a road game for T.Y. in Indianapolis, but he always has big games against the Houston Texans. So hopefully we get him back. It would probably be in limited capacity. Like we probably wouldn't see a full T.Y. out there, but just to have him out there would be huge, even for the morale of the team to get one of your captains, one of your leaders out there. Key number two, score touchdowns in the red zone. Last week, Everybody complained about the defense for good reason. Everybody complained about the kicker and special teams for good reason. It seems like the offense got a pass as if 25 points and a couple missed field goals was a great day for our offense. We were one for four scoring touchdowns in the red zone. We have the lowest touchdown in the red zone percentage in the National Football League. We are 25%. So last week, a great offensive day where we scored 25 points and everybody was so happy with it. That day, 
was our average in the red zone. We are averaging one touchdown per four trips, 25% touchdown in the red zone. Cannot happen. We are dead last in the National Football League by a pretty wide margin at 25%. That number has to change. It has to get better. You're not going anywhere if you're scoring touchdowns one in every four trips to the red zone. That has to change. You have an opponent here. Not a good team, not a good defense. They give up 28 points per game, which means they give up four touchdowns per game on average. You have to score touchdowns in the red zone this week, not even to win this game, but to show your team that you could do it. So when you move forward and you play other teams, you could build some damn confidence and you could be confident in yourself when you're down in the red zone that you could get in the end zone and you could score touchdowns. Because up until this point, we have been atrocious, 32nd in the league, Scoring touchdowns, that has to change in the red zone this week. Score touchdowns, key number two. And that's why we use points per game on this show, Luke, because we've, this offense has proven yards mean absolutely nothing. We had 500 and some, I think over 530 yards against the Ravens and 25 points. Yep. The scoreboard um, doesn't count yards, Jason. If you out yard a team, you still lose. Could still Exactly. Lose. And that's what I always hear about people when they bitch about flus is we give up so many yards. We doesn't give up as many as you think. But yards don't even really matter. It's points. That's what matters. That's all we cited on this on this show. But as far as this game goes, yeah, man. It, I mean, enough is enough. We've had this in the key every week, you know, in the queue for the the keys of the of the game. Touchdowns in the red zone. We beat it to death, and it's just not happening. They you cannot be last if you're going to be a good team. You can't be last in pressures on defense, and you can't be last in red zone efficiency on offense. You're just not going to be a good team doing that. It has to start this week. They have to score in the red zone. They have to score touchdowns in the red zone. Hopefully getting T.Y. back will help a little bit. Maybe he can make something happen in the end zone, in the red zone. But enough is enough, man. They've got to figure this out. It's 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 ridiculous that we're at week six and we're still having the struggle that we are. I mean, hell, Houston's better at it than we are. They don't have better players than we do. I don't care what anybody says. So we've got to figure this out. And that's on, you know, right to scheme up the plays, the players to execute the plays. And they've got to get it done. Enough is enough. I'm tired of putting this in the keys every week. I know you guys are tired of hearing it, but until we do it, it's going to be an issue. And we've and gotten worse. Jason, we were complaining at 33% a couple weeks ago. These last two weeks where our offense was seemingly much better and better in the second half and we scored over 20 points each of the last two weeks, our red zone offense hasn't gotten any better. You think about this last game, we had the bomb to Pittman. We had the little screen dump off to Taylor. Great plays, and I hate when people are like, oh, well, if you take away those plays, the offense. No, no, no. I'm not taking away the plays. The plays count. But those were big plays. We have yet to be consistent at completing drives where we have a 75-yard draw, a 14-play 75-yard drive end in a red zone touchdown. I mean, we've done it, but we just haven't done it consistently. So we need to see more consistency in finishing long drives because we've been scoring touchdowns the last couple of weeks, but we've been relying on big plays, which is good because I want to see that too. I think back to last year's offense, we lacked the big plays because of Rivers' arm strength and a few different factors. But this year, there's really no reason not to be more explosive downfield and to score the big plays. So I'm not complaining. I don't want to give those away. 
but there were four possessions where we did make it down to the red zone and three of them we were denied the end zone. So I want to see more red zone touchdowns because we were complaining at 33%. It has now dipped to 25%. The number's going in the wrong direction. We were like 22nd in the league at one point point. we were complaining. Now we're 32nd in the league. So we're getting worse. And the objective is as the season goes on to get better and we're going in the wrong direction. That's why I always say people, you know, with people on Twitter, it, this is about everybody. It's not just the defense. It's not just special teams. It's about all. It's about the offense too. I mean, we went up and down the field that entire game, Luke. Yep. They didn't stop us at all. Nope. And in the first half, especially, really, I mean, we should have had. We had ten points at halftime, and they didn't stop us one friggin' time. And the and so. It's a great point. I mean, you can go up and down the field and have 530 yards of offense, but if you don't score points, it, it doesn't matter. Like, everybody's talking about how great the offense looked, and yes, they look great. They moved the ball, They and, and I said that. I was It gave me hope, and it does. But if you don't score points, it doesn't matter. 25 points is not a lot of points. We're acting like the Colts dropped 45 points. They scored 25 points. The Colts have to be better, period, in all facets of the game, offense included, especially in the red zone. It's not good enough to be 32nd out of 32 teams. You're not going to win. So this week, the Colts have to get in the end zone. Focus on it. Make it a you know a bullet point in this game to score touchdowns when we get in the green zone. Not just the red zone, in the green zone, inside the 10-yard line. They've got to be able to find a way to get in the end zone. And until they do... This team's going to struggle to win games because that's what good teams do. They get in the red zone and they score touchdowns. That's how they win. Points, you know, that's how you win games. So you're not going to win a lot of games with three, 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 and seven. You're going to have to get more like seven, 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 three. And the Colts just haven't done that yet. So this is a huge one. This is a huge game for this offense and a huge game for them to score uh, touchdowns in the red zone and turn this thing around. And I think it starts this week, and I think it can start this week. I'm very confident in the team this week going into this game. So I think you're going to see them score touchdowns in the red zone this week, and I think the season is going to turn in this game. Me too. It's obviously the defense to do it against, and it's the team to do it against. And it's a team where you could beat, in my opinion, you could beat Houston by kicking field goals. Like we say, you don't win games in this league by kicking field goals, and you're not going to kick four or five field goals and beat the Rams or beat the Ravens on Monday night or beat the Titans. But this is a game where you probably could beat Houston scoring one touchdown and kicking four field goals as long as you make them. But as far as getting this team back on track, that's the bigger emphasis in my mind and why this is such a big key because you're not going anywhere if you're scoring touchdowns one out of every four trips. That has to change. So I almost want to use this game as an opportunity to get back on track. Not saying that we can't lose this game or we should look past the Texans or treat it as practice, but this is a game where I don't even think getting in the end zone is super important to winning this game as much as it is super important to being able to prove to yourself that you could do it for the rest of the season and get into some sort of rhythm and build some type of confidence down in the red zone. And key number three, no turnovers, basic key. We use it a lot. Last week, we had a red zone turnover, no turnover. You never want to turn the ball over anywhere on the field, but especially when you're driving that fumble last week killed us. It came back to bite us in the butt. The defense played so well in the first half, the offense scored 10 points. So key number three, no turnovers. Yeah, and I wasn't going to mention this because it kind of goes without saying, but to me, this is one of those games you got to mention it because I really feel like 
the only path the Texans have to winning this game is if we turn it over on offense and we don't get any turnovers on defense. So definitely this is the type of game you protect the ball. They have no chance. I just I don't see a path to winning for them unless we make mistakes and do things out of character. So we've done a good job not throwing interceptions. Need to do a little bit more, a better job protecting the ball via fumble. Um, but, yeah, no no turnovers. And I mean, th- this is a game where, the like I said, the only path to winning it for them, I think, is if we just turn the ball over like four times or something. And, I, and that can't happen. So limit the turnovers. None, if possible, would be great. And just, you know, like I said, I want to see the Colts put their foot on a team's neck and bury them and stay on their neck for 60 minutes and blow them off the field. And I think that's going to happen this week. I think they're, fi- I think they're pissed off. Like we all are fed up and they're ready to come out and whip somebody's ass. And I think it's going to be Houston this week. And so I don't think you're going to see a lot of screwing around. And I think you're going to see a pumped up defense. I think the crowd's going to be in it. I think you're going to see a different team. I think they're going to come out and bury this team. So I don't think they're going to have any problem as far as the turnovers go. I like the Colts, man. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this game. I'm ready to get that bitter Baltimore taste out of my mouth, and I'm ready for for Sunday. Hopefully, it gets here fast. Yep. And you know what time it is, Jason? It is prediction time. The curse was broken two weeks ago. You are five and zero on the year with your predictions. So, as the champ, I will let you go first. I appreciate that, brother. It's it's my birthday week too, so this is kind of my present to get to go first. Um, true, true. I'm taking I'm taking the Colts big in this game. I think they come out, bury this team, come out focused, pissed off, ready to play, and I think you'll see them play their best game. I don't think I don't think there's any question the Colts are the more talented team, and they have a lot to prove. And they've you know they've lost two really tough games. Obviously, the last one being I mean that's one of the worst losses I've ever been a part of as far as in the regular season. So they're going to be you know, they can go two ways. And I talked about this last show. They can either, you know, bury their head in the sand and sulk and point fingers or whatever, or they can come together, use that adversity to, to turn their season around. And I believe with the guys they have in that locker room, guys like Buck and, and, and uh, you know, Q, even though he's not playing, and, and some of the other guys, I think they're going to come out pissed off. They're going to turn their season around this Sunday. And I expect to see a very, very – focused intense performance by the Colts and I like them big by at least two touchdowns in this game I don't think it's going to be close and I think I think this this game is huge for a lot of reasons and I think they know that and I think you're just going to see a team you're going to see the same team you saw for three quarters in Baltimore but you're going to see it for 60 minutes yeah that's the expectation I'm with you on your prediction I got the Colts by double digits. I think the spread is double digits. I think it's a 10-point spread. So I think Vegas is kind of expecting it. We're also plus 250 right now or maybe plus 260. It's in that ballpark to win the AFC South. So I'm leaning towards Vegas thinking what we were talking about at the end of the podcast last week where they have the Bills coming up. They have the Chiefs coming up. We have another head-to-head in Indianapolis coming up. So there are games for us to make up relatively soon on the Titans and I think Vegas is kind of hedging at that a little bit at the plus 250 which is lower when you think about it for a team that's trailing by three games and three and a half if you count the tiebreaker this early in the season so I was hoping it was going to be like plus 500 plus 600 because I would have thrown something down plus 250 is too close for comfort for me but that shows that they see a team that is capable at making a run here and inching their way back in it obviously starts in this game and they see a blowout they see 10 plus points 
in this game for the Colts. You can't really make it much more for a 1-4 team. You can't make the spread much more than 10 points. So basically Vegas is saying you have two 1-4 teams here, but one team should absolutely not be 1-4, and, and they're talking about the 10-point favorite Indianapolis Colts. So I agree with you. I think the Colts either push or cover that number. They win by 10-plus points. They win by double digits. They score touchdowns in the red zone. They take care of the football. They get pressure on Mills. They do all the things, especially the two big things. Like To me, the two biggest issues with this team, no pressure, 32nd in the league defensively, terrible scoring touchdowns in the red zone, 32nd offensively. Those two things have to change. It's a good week to get those back on track. So I like the Colts by 10+. plus. Maybe we get to 30 for the first time. I'll say 30-17 Colts over the Texans. Yeah, and, and one other thing I wanted to mention. I want to see Frank Reich put his foot on a team like offensively when we get out in front of this team. Don't take the foot off the gas. Don't do it. Just stay on the gas until there's two minutes left in the game and we're ahead by 30. That's what I want to see. Frank seems to lack that. It bothers me a little bit. I haven't seen it a lot out of him. I want to see it in this game. That's something I want to see. You know, I, I, I haven't seen it. And so that's something I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing in this game. And I really believe and wholeheartedly believe this, based on what I've seen from this team, that this is the game everything turns around. I think the season is far from over. I think the division is still there to be won. And I think it starts this week, and I think this team is going to turn it around. The offense has showed me something. They've got to get in the end zone, obviously, as we've, we've beaten that drum. But I really believe this is the week. I think they're going to come out. Everything's different. They know there's no margin for error, and they're just going to play balls to the wall and just lay it on this team. And I think this is the beginning of a streak where we start stacking wins and maybe win five in a row or five out of six or four out of five. And Houston, excuse me, and Tennessee, they're going into what we've already gone through. You know what I mean? L.A. Rams and, and you know, Buffalo and Kansas City and, you know, that type of stuff. So And then they got to play us too. That's I mean, so – and – the thing no one else is talking about is we're going to get guys back. It's going to happen. None of these guys are out for the year. So it's going to be like it's going to be like trading for guys in the middle of the season, good players. So for people that have written this team off or have given up or jumped off or what up the bandwagon or whatever, don't do it. It's not over yet. This team has heart. They've come back from this before. Obviously, as we've said, 12 ain't walking through the door, but he doesn't have to. We just have to do what we do. We've got the running game. We've got the O line. We've got you know we've got players on defense that's going to get. I really wholeheartedly believe the defense is going to get turned around. It's 23rd right now. I don't think it stays there. I think it's going to end up probably in the 10 to 15 range. So I think this team is going to turn their season around this week, and it starts with Houston. And I really believe that. So I hope everybody you know that's going to the game goes out there and really supports the guys and shows love because I don't think this season is over. I know the players don't think it's over. They turn it around this week. They blow this team out. If you're going to the game, be loud, be proud, be, you know, just do everything you got to do to be as loud as possible when they're on defense because they need your support after that game. And I, I think, uh, you know, hopefully you guys are still riding with the boys because I am. You know, I still think there's a great shot to win this division. And uh, obviously being one and four isn't great, but we still got a chance. It's not like we're in the, uh, you know, the, the NFC West. Uh, that would be a problem, you know. So, look. One game, you start with one game. One one 1-0 this week, like Frank says, and that's what we got to do this week, go 1-0, and and then we'll concentrate on the next opponent. This is Houston's week, so I think this is the week that we we really open it up. 
blow them out and get going. And I, I'm really excited about that. And I can't wait till Sunday to get this bitter taste out of my mouth. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. You're lucky. You talked about being your birthday week, even though it was on the day of Baltimore, which was a brutal day to actually have your birthday on. Being a Monday, it means you actually have two games this week. So you could close it out the week it is with a win on Sunday against the Houston Texans. So it'll all come full circle and it'll work out when we blow out the Texans on Sunday. Very good way to look at it, Luke. And I didn't look at it that way. Listen, guys, glass half full. <laughs> first five, last, last five. First five, last five. First five, last five. First five. <laughs> Listen, guys, we lost the last five against Baltimore. We lost, we lost, you know, honestly, we lost the last 15 plus the first five of overtime. And guys, 60 minutes. We don't talk about overtime. Doesn't matter. Game's over. We tied. <laughs> we don't judge, right, no, Luke? We don't listen, guys. We don't judge. <laughs> oh, I needed some chuck in my life. Thank you, Luke. Yeah. Well, sometimes I feel like we still have a little chuck in our life just without the comedic relief. But hopefully this week we don't have to worry about that. And we get the W. We win this game by double digits. We put the Texans away. We send a message to bad teams when we play the Jets, when we play Houston again. We're able to bury bad teams and we don't play down to competition because we really have had a difficult start to the schedule. You've predicted the one in four, so it's not like we've not expected to lose these games. We've expected tough games. We've expected to lose these games, and we're sitting right about where we expected to be through the first month plus, maybe a week or so of this season. So to get back on track here wouldn't just be nice. It is needed. We are in desperation mode. You have to win this game. I think they will. You think they will, and we will be back on Sunday night. So it's a one o'clock game. We'll be back Sunday night. I'll try to get it up earlier. I've been coaching Sunday night, so it's been a little bit difficult to get these game recaps up, but we'll try our best to get it up as soon as possible on Sunday night. That's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, and this is the For the Culture Podcast.